0: Focusing on the products and services uniquely made in Minnesota and conversations with the makers, entrepreneurs, and innovators in Minnesota about how they conceived of their products and how they brought them to market. With Stephanie Hansen, it's the Makers of Minnesota.
1: Hi, it's Stephanie Hansen from the Makers of Minnesota, episode 37. Thank you for being with us today. If you know someone that is a maker that you think would make a good podcast guest, please reach out to me. I would really appreciate that. You can reach out to me on Twitter at Makers of MN, or we have a Facebook page and an Instagram page. And thank you for joining us. Each week we talk to people that are doing cool things in the state of Minnesota. And this week we're talking to Tom Smoothie, and you are with Smoothie Oil. And do you call it like Smoothie Farms?
0: Um, We do have a farm too, I guess, but uh, the, the business side of it would be uh, Smoothie Oil.
1: Okay. So I cannot wait to talk to you because I'm sort of obsessed with farming. So let's just start there. Tell me how you decided to be a farmer. You look like you're maybe about my age or a little bit younger. Did you grow up in the farming world or what was it about farming that you were like, yeah, that's what I need to be doing?
0: Yeah, we grew up in the in the farming world. Uh, my mom's side was, or my grandpa, both grandpas actually um, milk cows and um, my uncle's They'll do milk cows on my dad's side and uh, grandma or my grandpa passed away early on. And so they sold the farm on mom's side. But, um, so I, my, where I grew up, uh, or my mom and dad farmed, um, uh, just crop farmed. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't know, we crop farmed and we had some steers and whatnot and so crop helped.
1: farmed meant traditional, like did you rotate your corn. crops between corn and beans? Yep. And there's the Trinity. I can't remember the name of
0: alfalfa and oats. Yeah. So that's how we, what how I grew up. And then I helped my cousins milk cows and whatnot. Um, on and farm.
1: having a dairy farm is like those cows need to be milked a couple times a day, and you don't get a lot of vacation. I'm understanding.
0: Yep, 24/7, pretty much.
1: And how many cows, like head? Is that what they call it? Yep. You're going to laugh at all my city girl terms yep. here, but how many heads of cattle did you have at one point that you were milking?
0: Um, It, it wasn't ours. It was my cousin's yep. or over there, but they were, most of them had like 50 cow okay. dairies, So.
1: So just you're in high school and what is your day like? And what is your, like, do you, maybe you can tell me what your day is like now. Like, do you have to wake up? Like when it's dark and go out there and tend to the farm. Like I just, I'm fascinated by the life of farming. I think it's the hardest thing ever.
0: So I guess um, back when I grew up, it was, I grew up in the John Deere world. Okay. So um, my dad and uncle owned four John Deere dealerships. So I grew up um, sweeping floors to um, setting up lawnmowers. I worked parts for seven years. I went into sales. So I, I did the whole um, John Deere thing and yep. worked my way up, and that was kind of the plan to take over. And um, John Deere had different plans and whatnot, and they sold out here in 2013, so we went on our own. And since uh, when I got out of high school, I bought my first, I think I bought three cows, uh, beef cows, yep. and we started a herd. And so at home, I had I, I worked my way up to 30 cows before I bought my own farm at 24 and uh moved on to that
1: Okay, so moved your so from the 3 cows through breeding you got up to 30. Yep. And then at that point you were having them feed on someone else's land or renting land for renting them land, to pasture yep. at. Yep. And then you got your own farm at 24. Yep. Do you remember going into the bank and getting that loan to sign on your first farm?
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember
1: what your mortgage was?
0: Um, I think we were at 24,000 a year.
1: And were you married at the... that point or
0: Uh, Just, we were going to get married that fall, or or the following, it was 23 when I got, so in 99 we got married.
1: And when you, okay, you're going to get the farm, you've now got 30 head of cattle, you're at the dairy farm at that point, or were you also Uh, processing them for beef, beef, okay? And beef cattle and dairy cattle are different, is that correct? Yep. Okay. So... You're thinking I can make a go of this. This is going to be my business. Did you see it like as your full-time business or did you think you'd have to have another job?
0: Um back then I wanted to just farm. You know, I was yep. still working I was working at John Deere in Little Falls, so yep. doing a full-time job and then coming home and we were we were crop farming probably 500 acres at the time and then cattle. And uh it was busy. I mean, you work all day and come home and farm until 10 11 12 o'clock at night and And, start all over
1: and this sounds like a dumb question but so when you were at that stage did you write a business plan or did you just know because farming was sort of in your in your blood and that was the lifestyle you wanted what was your thinking at that time
0: yeah it's how we grew up I guess you know and yeah I just love crop farming or you know like plowing the ground and just the smell of the soil in the spring coming up here is just and I felt like fresh cut alfalfa yeah. and it's just, I don't know, it, it's so peaceful. I mean, like the other night we were working on fence and all the ducks coming back and the geese flying over and the creek running and it's just so peaceful and I don't know, I it just, it's nice living, I guess it's quiet.
1: And then on the weekends, I mean, it, did, it wasn't like you had free time. So you were working seriously two full-time jobs. Okay. Pretty much. And was your wife helping you at that point?
0: Yeah, she uh, she was working out also, so okay. both of us worked out. And then um, in 2010, year 2009 is one we we went through a couple drought years. Is how we got into um, all everything we do now, with growing well. sunflowers. Yep. But um, 2009, we, or 2007, 2008 was dry. 2009, we decided. Um, We have a feedlot, and what can we produce on our farm to make protein or or, uh, produce protein for the cattle so we don't have to truck it all in? Yeah. So in 2009 is when we started to build our um, a lot of Internet searching, looking for different proteins, and found out um, that we could press sunflowers for the byproduct. And... The oil was actually going to be a commodity. It was going to be a truckload of oil going off to wherever for cooking oil, whatever. They were yeah. going to refine it off. I didn't even care about the oil at that time. And I just wanted the byproduct. So we were feeding the byproduct. And at first, so we got going on.
1: You were feeding the seeds to the cows.
0: The pellets or the byproduct after we squeezed out the oil. Got it. Then that's a protein source. Got it. So we would mix that into the feed. Okay. Instead of using um, corn or sure. different products for protein or soybean meal, so after three months in it, the price of oil dropped, and we said, "Well, we couldn't, we can't sell that oil for this price." I mean, it, the the bank's going to say, "Are you nuts?" You know. So, um, it was in our five year plan that we would bottle this oil someday, but in three months, we were putting oil in the bottle. Okay. Um, and we went to town and. We started with a 16-ounce bottle, and everybody thought we were completely off our rocker. Like, what is this? You know, well, it's like olive oil. You know, it's a cooking oil. So um I guess from there, we just started, um well, we got in the paper in the local um, record and...
1: Uh, Cats over at Smooties Farm are making <laughs> Smoothie's oil. They're trying to sell us this sunflower oil, right?
0: Yep, it, and uh, all of a sudden there was a, another place that picked us up, or a couple retail stores, and I think we were up to about six retail stores. And somebody said you should go to the farmers market. Maybe that that was kind of a new thing. That was, in, you know, that was seven years ago, and yep. that was just that start of the craze of farmers markets and. So we ended up going to Onemia and I was still full-time job so I asked mom and another gal to go
1: Your mom or my mom? Um
0: my mom and
1: Ma- Mom and your wife, but, mom.
0: No, um my mom and her friend <laughs> that actually um ended up being my head bottler for how many years? And they went over and it was tough. I mean we didn't have any money when we started and we could we were trying to make it. Well, the let payments. me ask
1: you about that. So What does it feel like to, like, there's a drought? So this is something that you could be the best farmer in the world, and now there's a drought. So you don't control that drought, but yet you are there with your farm, your mortgage payment that still needs to happen, your equipment that needs to get paid for. What does that feel like?
0: You don't sleep. It's bad.
1: And you just worry.
0: You worry about everything, you know, like, don't spend a dime on this and don't, you know, it just you try to cut costs wherever you can don't you just don't buy anything you know and, yep. and try to get by and help, hope hopefully the banker will let you put another crop in to try it again and so we had them two bad years in a row and it wasn't pretty and we had all this in the works of like well maybe this will help us make some money because it was a drought, drought a drought tolerant crop yep is sunflowers they have a long tap root and so that's how we why we wanted to go to a different crop.
1: Had also. you so you read about this as a protein source, but how did you know that you could make oil out of sunflowers from your farm?
0: Um, pretty much, internet. I mean, thank just, God for
1: the internet, right?
0: I mean, and we grew up when I graduated from high school. There was no internet, of yet. course not. It wasn't till three years later. You went to the
1: encyclopedia later. or yep. the microfiche in the library.
0: <laughs> it was three years after I graduated until we. I remember the day when I got on the internet for the first time, like really <laughs> look at this and i don't even i don't think it was even Google yet,
1: yeah, it was just so was, cool that you could find stuff
0: yep it it was it was hard to find it at first because you had to type in the exact address there was mm-hmm. no no quick finds or, right like, there was no, no search, engines. search search engines yet, but um I was in little falls when i first it was at the business or where, where I worked, and like wow, this is gonna be neat you know, and so um you know, so you was start years later but
1: So you start what year was it that you put sunflower seeds in the ground to grow a sunflower crop?
0: 2009.
1: And they're beautiful. I mean, just to see a sea of sunflowers is I believe like one of the most beautiful sights. Did what like do birds come and pick the seeds out of the heads and
0: my biggest competition, birds. <laughs> birds,
1: because you're trying to keep the birds off yep. of the flowers.
0: And usually that's later in on the season. So yep. we try to plant early and and um, try to plant a early variety, because when they the flocks of blackbirds come down from Canada, coming or migrating south, is they'll come in a field and just wipe it out within days if it's if it's still standing. So yep. we try to combine, try to get it off the field in the bend before migrating birds come down because they can destroy your crop within three, four days.
1: So are the sunflowers that you're growing, the big giant headed ones, or are they smaller? What does the actual flower look like?
0: They're smaller. Um, These are like, it's an oil seed, so it's a high lake variety. Yep. And it's the high monounsaturated fat is what we're going for. Um, So we're at like 87% monounsaturated fat. Okay. So the head is only like, say, five to six inches across. Okay. Versus uh, confections are like what you chew on, yep. or like the that salted, you eat at the ballpark. Yeah. So that one is probably a foot across. Okay. So they're huge compared to the what we raise, but um, a lot of the well, it, and we plant it's we plant probably plant about twenty six thousand seeds per acre. Wow. Versus um, a confection would be only about Twenty thousand or less, probably eighteen thousand. Yeah, because you
1: need room. Because
0: you need room for them big heads to grow. So,
1: so you decide you are going to plant some flower seeds, and you know, are you and your wife laying in bed, just like, wow, we don't know if this is going to work, but we got to take a flyer on it. I was. Were you scared?
0: Oh yeah, I was scared, but I, you know, we did a, I did a lot of research, and we were going to buy the next door farm. Yep. Or and all of a sudden, someone else bought it underneath me. And Jenny told me at one time, she says, well, you you can buy that or you can do the sunflower thing. It's one or the other, not both. Well, the other farm got sold off and so...
1: So you figured it was destiny. So,
0: yep. So the next day I had the excavator sitting there and she goes, what are you doing? I said, well, you told me it was one or the other, so we're going to build. She wasn't very happy with me for a while. <laughs> but, I just,
1: I, I mean, I was in business with my husband and there were days where... Now, he wanted to buy something and I was risk averse and it wasn't great for the marriage, to be honest. We ended up surviving it. But some days I look back on that and think, wow, A, I was dumb for believing everything he said. And B, he was he was uh, he was dumb for believing in some of the stuff he believed in. But that's what entrepreneurs do. Right. You just like have this single solitary kind of vision in your mind and you go for it and everybody's got to be on board or that doesn't really work. Did you have kids too?
0: Yeah, we have two two kids. Uh, Caitlin is 15 now and Mitchell is 11.
1: All right, so, so you've got these sunflowers in the ground now and you've pressed them into oil and you're going around and it's one thing to make a product. It's another thing to be the guy going in and trying to sell it at retail. Tell me what that was like. Can you remember the first time you tried to sell your sunflower oil?
0: What is it and what do you do with it? That was the first two questions, yeah. like, really? And did you <laughs> so, have an
1: idea of what people should do with it?
0: Yeah, we were we were experimenting for a while, and, and we've, we got some like a year before when we were looking at building all this. And so I was down in southern Minnesota at a farm where they were crushing um, sunflower oil, and he had a bottle. And so we took it home, and we tried it with potatoes, and it was like, this is pretty good stuff. And it was from out in Vermont, I believe, is uh-huh. where I got this from. So... Um we tried it with that we and um just a little bit of everything. I mean it was anything you tried it with it tasted like butter. So it was a really light flavor to it. Um and you could cook um higher temps with it compared to olive oil. So, so it
1: smokes at a better level.
0: Yeah, so it'll higher. be like a 375 smoke point versus 320 and so the way we 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 cold press it, so anything under one thirty eight is cold pressed. Yep. And we're pressing it right like this morning it was eighty three degrees only. Are the temperature controllers. Yep. So it's well under the cold press. So the the colder you can press it, the more buttery flavor it has. And it's just a really rich flavor to it. So
1: So you're selling it into stores and you're telling the retailer, here, sell this sunflower oil did you have to do demonstrations? I mean, I imagine you had to re-educate a whole population of people to buy this.
0: Yeah, we, we were looking online, like, what do you do? What other applications do you do uh-huh. this with? And um, uh, my mom was just a advocate of, like, we got to get this going, you know? And she's on the Internet looking for recipes. And she goes, well, they're popping popcorn with it. So she popped some popcorn or bought a Stir Crazy. Yeah. And put the oil in it, popped it, like, oh, my gosh, that is so good. Like you don't even need any butter. Just put a little salt on it. It's good to go. So we've been, that was kind of one of our first things that we did with this oil was making popcorn. Well, how did I know we'd ever end up making microwave popcorn?
1: So that's kind of how this podcast started because I went to the Midwest Pantry Food Show and that's a great local show that they have for wholesalers that introduces local makers to people that buy wholesale And I had seen your oil before and I had bought your oil and um, I'm always looking for like, I don't know, I'm the one who's going to try all the weird oil because of the health benefits, right? And right when I walked in the door, I saw you and I'd seen your oil and you had some flavored oil, which was different. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. And you said, here, try this popcorn. And I have a total weakness for popcorn. I love popcorn so much. I eat it all the time. It's really bad for me i love to go to the movie theater, and I will buy a giant bucket and eat it all by myself. I make it at home in the microwave. I have an air popper. I buy it in bags in the store. I'm crazy about it. So you were like, here, try this popcorn. And I'm thinking, oh, microwave popcorn. You know, the inside of the bag is going to have that weird orange residue, and then you're going to get that icky mouth feel, and the top of your tongue feels like, I don't even, it's not even like just butter caked up there. It's just this gross, oily slime that you have on the top of your mouth. So I'm eating your popcorn. I'm thinking, oh, this is really good. It felt light. It felt like a smart pop or those kind of popcorns you buy already popped in the bag. And it tasted really good. And I was like, wow. And you were explaining to me, like, this is the new line that you're making. So you've been selling sunflower seed oil. And is that using all of your crop? And is this then the next iteration of using all of the pieces of this product?
0: Yes, um, we're using our crop plus um, we're contracting with our neighbors and we're out probably. We, I'll step back for a second here. We had a couple years ago, we had a bad year mm-hmm. of it was windy and it was just weather related issues, and we ran out of seed because we got hit and a lot of it laid down, and we didn't have the crop that we needed to get to the end of the season. And so, um, So we started branching out, like, we need seed that's a half an hour away, you know, different directions. So if a storm comes through, we don't get hit, so we don't have this happen again. So now we're out um, probably about an hour and a half to the west and about two hours, so basically from Wadena to North Branch um, area.
1: Cool. So you staggered your farms where these are growing.
0: Yep. So um, we're going to probably double our acres this year, especially with the popcorn. And you're talking about theaters. Um, we're launching on Friday night at Mann Theaters in Plymouth. We're going to launch our oil, and they're going to start using our oil um, for making all their popcorn in oh, the theaters. Oh, that's so cool. So, so is
1: the health benefit of sunflower oil that much better than whatever the crap is they're putting in movie theater popcorn now that's terrible?
0: So I they're using like a palm oil or like a coconut oil yep. is what most of them use. Um. And that's a solidified or, you know, like the saturated fat in that. And there are good fats in it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to
1: be at the fat police here. Yep.
0: (laughs) So um, that is 12 grams of saturated fat or what's on the label versus ours is one gram.
1: Wow. That's a huge difference. And you can still make good quality popcorn in the movie theater machine that's going to taste almost sputtery as well. Yes.
0: You don't have to add any. So it'd be really interesting. We're going to actually, I'm coming back down to Plymouth tomorrow and we're going to hook up and make sure everything's working good. And because being it's, I'm a little nervous. You know,
1: sure. It's your first trial run.
0: First trial run. Is it so. better
1: for the machines that it's popping too? Cause it's not so highly oily.
0: That I don't know. We haven't had, you know, this yep. is going to be our first run. So we're doing that 30 day trial with them and make sure everything is good with the machines, and, and is the
1: be- is the win for them to say that they're offering a more healthy, natural, Minnesota-made alternative product?
0: People want to know what's Love in that. there.
1: Yes, people, people care about Minnesota and our products that we're making.
0: You, they said you would not believe in the last thirty days how many people ask what they're popping their popcorn in. So they said it's coming. It's coming. So, um, yeah,
1: it's, it's that's here. amazing. So, and so really this fun. is smoothies microwave popcorn that. Tell me, okay, so I just want you to tell me this story. When you walked in, we were talking. So let's just say you're an entrepreneur. You have this great idea. You research everything. You're growing it. It's like, oh, finally, I've got this thing, and it's so cool. And then what happened to you?
0: As in, like, today? or
1: (laughs) As in just what? So you had this product. You've tested it. It tastes good. You're ready to bring it to market. You go to a wholesale show. You get buyers excited about it.
0: I can't sleep again, though. Now it's the good side. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because?
0: It's, it's the, the. I don't know, we've been waiting for six years and it's been a struggle. Um, and it, like you said before, it's tough husband and wife running a business yes. together. Yes, raising and your kids. Raising the kids. And, you know, it, you're always, it's just, it's a tough life. Yes. And finally that we have something that I'm hoping that will take off here that will just Just get cash flow again, you know, and just make everything easier and everything will just
1: be a a little bit. Yeah,
0: just a little bit even.
1: So you're all excited, and then you had a hard time. You couldn't source the microwave popcorn bags.
0: So, yeah, so that it's two separate things, you know, like the one is the bag in the box, which is going into the theater side. And then the other uh, portion would be making our own popcorn or our own microwave popcorn. So it's going to be two separate adventures here at one time and both of them hit us at the same time and it's like oh boy so I think both of them are really going to take off here like in the weeks to come and the microwave popcorn we just found out that it's going to be about another four weeks to get the bags Um, we're doing like a brown bag and our challenge is to keep the oil in the bag because it's not solidified yes so it's a liquid product that has to stay in that bag until you take it home and put it on the shelf for a week or two or three weeks and pop it. So, yeah. Um, they they redesigned the bag for uh, better durability to keep the oil in. So they have that done. Um, the partner that I'm working with is, I think they put four patents out there trying to. Once we get this done, we'll we'll do a patent pending on it. Or a, it's, right now it's patent pending. For the bag and itself. For the bag, and then um, we'll run with it. So hopefully... Um,
1: Are you patenting the process of the bag or the using of, the of sunflower oil to make microwave popcorn?
0: Well, depending on how this works out, we'll...
1: I have a couple of patents myself, and it's very tricky to try to find the exact right language that you can actually patent. Yes. you're yep. finding out, I'm sure. Yep. And patent attorneys, you know, it's like a four to $8,000 process.
0: Yep. It's a uh, it's, uh, very learning... It's a learning curve on that end of it, but... Um, we've taken it to how many different places like the shows like you yeah. you were at and everybody, they, they grab it and they walk away and they look back like,
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I did because it tasted really good.
0: It's like, uh, what's all on that? Uh, sunflower oil, salt and popcorn. What else? Nothing. There's nothing else on it and everybody's like, they can't believe it.
1: Yeah, I can't wait Same. to have you get into stores. When you get into stores, we'll have you on the weekly dish because I get people here in the entrepreneur phase and then if I put them on the other radio show, people go into the store and they want to buy it. So we have to make sure that it's in the store, ready to go for people to buy sure. it when we get there. Um, this is a totally weird question and maybe sexist to even ask you. but So when you decide that you're going to go down this road of microwave popcorn land, do you ask your wife, is she your business partner? Or do you like have a board of advisors? Do you create a spreadsheet that says, like, here's what I think is going to happen, people? go with me or cause you're just alone.
0: Ask my wife. I, I guess we talk about it. And um, I, I like having something there though, like have a bag made up and like, Hey, look at this, try this. Yep. And, and uh, she actually, she helped, uh, she did pretty much all the developing of our um, massage oils. Yep. And she worked on that whole line. She did that herself. Um, And then for the, all the flavored oils, She did all that. So, you know, we each do something different in the business. But um, for the new products, it's always let's try it. You know, like, let's sit down and try this. And we tried it. And it's like, she goes, really? Mike, I hate microwave popcorn. Because it's gross, but I love popcorn. So I
1: eat it because I'm like, oh, it's here. And I love popcorn and I don't have anything else.
0: And now it's like we could pop two bags at night and you would, I mean, I would eat it every night. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's that, it's that good. And she thought the same thing, and she says, we got to do this.
1: So, so now um, you have, do you still have uh, cattle?
0: Yep, we have cows left. All right, but we don't have the feedlot anymore. Um, well, I, I have it there, but we haven't put cattle in. It's been busy. We were going to put them in here. Actually, uh, Mitchell is 11, and he's going on 19, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I would say probably next year we'll put some back in. He's, for him to for work him, with. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think he wants to get started in it and... And is
1: that for beef cattle then versus the dairy cows? Yep. Okay. They call cat cattle is beef cattle, and then what are they called? Dairy cows. They call them dairy. cattle too? Or yep. Dairy. Dairy. Okay. Um. So your farm is producing sunflowers. You have your neighbors producing sunflowers. Your neighbors from two hours producing sunflowers. So do you just envision that smoothie oil just becomes this continual proliferation of products based on sunflower seed oil?
0: I think so. Yeah, I, I that's think pretty that's neat. That's where it's going. Um, You know, we're going to, we're, we're right now, we've, well, within a month here, we'll almost have made the same amount of oil as what we did the last year. Yeah. So, so I mean, you're it's, way ahead. It's, we're way ahead. And it the growth, this, um, and then also we're into the, we're selling bulk oil into the pet food, our high end pet food manufacturers. So they're using it as a natural preservative because sunflower oil is so high in vitamin E or the way we press it, um, that oil will sit on the shelf for four years and it'll be just fine. We've had it tested at four years and usually any other oils are rancid within a year. Cool. So the natural preservative side of it is so long that we can put it in that popcorn oil. It'll sit on the shelf just fine or into that pet food or any, any ingredient, you know, that we sell it into.
1: So when Cosmetics. you, when you get an idea now, where is the point where you can start to make money? Because it sounds like you keep reinvesting into the next line of trying to make this more ubiquitous product.
0: If this, and uh, that's the only bad thing, about what we're talking about right now is we're going to have to invest in a crush plant that can handle this capacity and find enough seed to take on this um, microwave popcorn. Because if it takes off, the machine that we're looking at makes 400,000 plus bags a a day. It'll take a tanker load of oil just to make microwave popcorn per day. Okay. Wow. And we're doing that in three weeks now. Yeah. You know, so it's just, the the numbers are just crazy. But So we're going to have to build a new building eventually here. Yeah. And it's like, when do you do that? You know, like, when is that, you know, do we go in debt a couple more million dollars? Yeah. (laughs) It's, I don't know. It's tough.
1: Do you have investors?
0: Not right now, but a lot of people come to us and we have a list of people that, they're willing to give us money, like say it and I'll have the check there. And I, I really want to be a part of this. It's just so exciting. And it's, you
1: may have to do that for the building at the level that they're asking. Probably. Or bootstrap it yourself yeah. and risk it all. That's got to feel uncomfortable too.
0: Yeah. It's so we're, we're kind of, that's where we're at right now. Do we go ask investors yep. or do we go to the bank and borrow the money? It's.
1: How do but, you think you'll like in your gut, how do you think you'll make that choice? Cause I already know your answer. I know you're going to try and bootstrap it if you can, probably, <laughs> because you want to be able to be your own. Say it's ours. Yeah, I get and, that. And
0: we did it all ourselves, or you know, we took the risk. And um, I, I just, I think within a year, um, I think we'll have some serious cash. Yeah, uh, to work with. You it's, know, just it's just a matter of can just, you get there? Can you get there? I and work it's for just so close, and it's like
1: <laughs> I totally hear you. I work for uh, Hubbard Broadcasting, obviously, and Stanley Hubbard. Um, was the one who launched the Satellite in the Sky for Satellite Television. Wow. And he he bankrolled it a lot himself but went out to get investors and, you know, I'm going to put this stick in the sky that's going to be this whole new way of delivering television. And people just thought he was crazy. People thought he was nuts. And he had this just solitary, singular vision, and he did it, and he ended up selling the company to General Electric Hughes. And... I mean, people literally thought he was losing his mind.
0: That's probably where a lot of people <laughs> me too, <laughs> my how wife you, too. <laughs> how do
1: you deal with like healthcare? care? Do you just buy on the exchange, just like the rest of us independent business owner people? Yep. And yeah, it's, how many employees do you have? Um, I think right now we have twelve. Okay,
0: between everybody. Yep. So we started. It was just Jenny and I, and. Um, We had one part-time bottler like six months or a year after when we got started and we moved to town. So we still crush the oil on the farm and that's Mm -hmm. a food grade building there. And then we towed it to town and then we have a kitchen or a clean room set up Mm -hmm. and a line bottler now. And we started with a little six by six room and a little valve on a tank. And we, you know, we're doing one bottle at a time and um, it's like we, we have to. Get out of this little. Emmy Does your bird. mom
1: still work there?
0: Nope, not anymore. She's <laughs> she used to though. She helped a lot when we started out, and yep, we got to get this going, you know. And so she did a lot of, of, of the farmers markets, and you know to start. And I think uh, the first summer we had, we we're doing four farmers markets. The first farmers market, and there, like I said, there was no money coming in. Sure, I mean, it was like fifty dollars here. And, Yep. $10 here, you sell one bottle to someone and um, it was $67 that she came back with on the first one. It's like, you know, if you take that times 10, that would be $670. I mean, easy math here, you know, like we can make some money at this. So, yep. so we went, I asked my dad if I could have a Saturday off. So we went over to Isle on the South side of Mille Lacs. Yep. And
1: I had a cabin there at Izadeus for a while.
0: They had a farmer's market in the parking lot of the the liquor store there yep. over the, and, um, so we set up our booth and the first week at, I think we sold like 200 and some dollars and like, this is pretty, I'm coming back next Saturday. Yeah. So the next Saturday everybody went home and tried it and they're like, really? Like, what is this? They're like, this is so good. So they brought their friends back and then we sold like $400 a second time. I was like, I can't work Saturdays anymore at, for dad anymore. I said, yeah. I got to, I got to go make this $400. This a growing trend. business. So we got to make this thing cash flow, you know? So, um, all of a sudden, we went to St. Cloud and St. Joe, and all of a sudden, we were doing four farmers markets, yeah. just like that. And then we got into the, the Brainerd paper called the St. Cloud paper call. And
1: you've had a lot of took, publicity. You mentioned that took, you were just in the Star Tribune.
0: Yeah, that um, Neil St. Anthony's been just a, a godsend for us. I guess um, he just he's been following us, and he's so excited just to watch us grow. Yeah, too. it
1: is pretty exciting to watch and, you grow. I feel the same way. It's
0: it's he uh, that's where he is. He. He calls so many times and, like, how's it going, you know? Where are you guys at? Yeah. Are any new things going on? Or, you know, he's always, I mean, he doesn't write about it, you know, and that's fine. But just a great friend. I mean, he's just he's just so excited. He says, well, one of these days you're going to just explode, you know? And,
1: well, and this is a story that, you know, you look at General Mills is trying to find local entrepreneurial makers making things that they can yeah. take and make into a bigger scale there's starting feeder companies that are looking just for this kind of opportunity. If the right people come to you, will you sell?
0: It well, depends, I guess. I'd I'd like to launch um, this year, the series, the popcorn, and get and, it going. yeah. and see if this these couple things take off. I, I really feel that they're gonna take off, but um, you know, you never know in the future if the price is right. You know, I don't want to, but I, I really want to see how far I can take it. It do you know down deep of just. It's been so hard to get there. so
1: I understand. Well, Tom, um, it's been awesome to talk to you. It's Smoothie yeah. Oil. You can look for the microwave popcorn that'll be in stores at some point. Um, you have a very robust website. It's SmoothieOil.com, right? S-M-U-D-E. And you have recipes online and information about the oil, pictures of your family, the sunflowers. I just really appreciate you coming down to the cities and spending time with me today. It was fun to hear your story.
0: You bet. Thank you.
1: Good luck.